Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in outfit everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and back with me once again is Sam Chung. Yes, it's been quite a while since we've been back in these studio chairs. Um, roughly three, no, four weeks. Four weeks, a whole month. Four weeks, because we pre-recorded three episodes, and then we thought we were going to be back in New York last weekend, but then... We weren't, so we took a week off, and now here we are a month later, and what a month. Yeah, it has been quite a month. I keep thinking about those pre-recorded podcasts and how out of touch we seem without the context that they were pre-recorded. I know. And then it's like, did I don't know, we thought real briefly about, like, should we record, like, a an intro or something to to put before it but i it, it just seemed like you know something that we could really dive into greater detail once we got back here yeah i would agree with that but we're back we are recording these again on a weekly basis we're here the world is terrible but we are going to keep bringing you this lizzie mcguire ridiculousness yeah we're gonna do our best and obviously Throughout the world, everybody is really reckoning with, you know, racial identity, about uh, systemic injustice and all that. And we try to touch upon things that we see within the context of the show. But obviously the show is is really just a microcosm of the world, you know. So there are obviously problems in that we've pointed out even in past episodes about Lizzie McGuire that really reflect, I think, the world. Um, at large and, and, and problems that society has with representation and with allowing everybody to tell their stories. And, and we're, we're going to try to keep bringing light to those issues. And, and we, we do all this in, in good fun, but they're very, they're serious issues. And, you know, I just, I don't want, I don't want it to seem like we're, we're being callous about anything when we, when we make jokes about this kind of stuff, because obviously this is a big issue that needs to be uh, rectified. Yeah, I think that that was very well said Sam, I think we have pointed out, like you said on more than one occasion, that Lizzie McGuire, as well as I feel like the entire television industry, entertainment industry as a whole, really does have a race problem and a problem with representation. And we will keep criticizing it. We will keep calling it out as we see it. And like, I just want to say right here, right now, unequivocally, Black Lives Matter representation matters and yeah we stand with the protesters definitely um and if you don't follow us on social media i think we'll just say this at the beginning um obviously there's a bunch of great charities that you can donate to um to help support various aspects of the movement that's taking place throughout the world right now the bail project is one that comes to mind which will provide 
uh, bail relief to protesters. But, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing you can do right now, bug your local politicians for change, go vote uh, in upcoming elections, and, you know, just be a, a responsible citizen. Yeah, and also support black creatives. Um, I'm a writer. I have been, if you follow me on social, at just at Marissa Cantor, I've been posting a lot of resources, including books by black authors, um, independently owned bookstores by black people. Um, I have been ordering from, I'll just plug our local black owned bookstore, The Lit Bar in the Bronx. They are taking online orders and shipping And it's just a great way to support people. Of course, it's important to support organizations. Yeah, we will post a link in the show notes with tons of resources um, for where to donate, you know, jail support and legal services, um, scripts for calling your reps, bail funds, mutual aid, petitions you can sign, all the things. Get involved, take action, and also support Black-owned businesses and black creatives, that is just put your money where your mouth is. It's an easy way to get some good art, some good books, and support support black people right now. And to think that four weeks ago, the thing that we thought we'd have to cover when we returned was going to be that Hillary Duff was an alleged pedophile. I know, and now I'm more interested in the fact that she participated in the black box the black box, yeah. yeah. Gotta love those social that social media activism. Yeah. Disappointed, Hillary, <laughs> I must say. Especially when there are no... Re- like, you can post the black box if you're gonna put a caption with it and link to resources and use your, you know, however many million followers platform for that. But, girl, you just posted a black box. Yeah. Gotta give some context. Yes. Context is everything. No performative activism here. Nope. On that note, I guess we should get into the episode. It's like a weird, I don't really know how to segue, but yeah, we got to talk about Lizzie. We do. Um, we've been teasing this episode for two weeks now since we didn't have an episode last week. So, you know, anybody who is really dying to find out our thoughts about Rated Arg, now is your opportunity I know at least two people who are. I know. We had a question this week, right? We have to remember to address the question. We did. It's less question and more me giving a personal anecdote, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So this episode, we are discussing episode 118, rated ARG. This episode... After sneaking into an R-rated movie, Lizzie saves a moviegoer's life and is interviewed by the local news. Spoiler alert, this episode aired on August 10th, 2001. So I was a little bit confused because I didn't think they actually made it into the movie. Like, I feel like after this entire episode, (laughs) they never saw the movie that they wanted to see. They did not. (laughs) So that episode description is a little bit misleading because it makes it seem like they saw the movie when in actuality uh, they did not. No, but they snuck into the They snuck into the lobby, which they didn't have to do. And we can talk about this more later, but the clear move here was to buy a ticket to a different movie. No? Speaking as people who have never done that before. I mean, well, actually, they made it seem like this was... uh, a, a kind of movie theater where maybe only one film was playing, but like, come on, 
how many movie theaters only have one movie playing? Yeah. Especially a big movie with Ben Affleck. I know. <laughs> like Vesuvius, the eruption. This isn't some small indie. It's Vesuvius. It's Vesuvius. The eruption. The eruption. <laughs> a movie which, by the way, can I just say, if this was a real movie, it would be rated PG-13, 100%. We'll get there. Just even on principle, like if you have a movie about a volcano exploding and it's a release, like the studio is like, oh, you know who's going to see this? All the teenage boys, they love explosions. We have to make it PG-13. That's how net, that's a network executive uh, thought. I would agree with that. And spoiler alert, 13 years later, they did make this movie. It starred Kit Harington and it was called Pompeii and it was awful. <laughs> I did not see Pompeii. <laughs> I don't blame you. It was a bad movie. <laughs> I saw it because, you know, Kit Harrington, why not? But nope, it was not good. You'd think that I would have seen it because of Kit Harrington, <laughs> why not? But totally missed this one. No, it was not a great movie. Anyways, Most of them died. I mean, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the story. <laughs> yep. Anyways, into the episode. We start at the top. Lizzie and Miranda are in health class. And Lizzie is on the ground and on first thought you're like why is she on the floor lizzie does fall a lot like this is not out of character for her to be on the ground but we get this sort of like sort of dreamy sort of editing vibe and ethan craft is standing above her and you're like dream sequence no it's just health class and they are doing cpr training they are yeah um this is unrealistic um i have been certified by the American Heart Association uh, to give uh, CPR to another individual should I need to, and they would never bring up uh, an actual person to demonstrate on. They always have the creepy, like, torso doll with no arms and really half a body. <laughs> so, And you would never, you would always practice on that tool. You would never actually use a person. This is kind of sexual harassment. Yes. So you would say that, the office, for example, is an act is a more accurate representation of until CPR. they stab the CPR doll and, <laughs> and wear its face as and Dwight wears its face as his own face. Before that, that was more accurate. Yeah, and most of CPR, the most important part of CPR is actually the the pushing um, on the chest. Ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh, yes, uh, to a song like "Staying Alive," "Staying Alive," Stayin or alive. "Crazy in Love." Because that's the part that's going to keep your heart beating. Like, uh, the breaths are only supposed... You're only supposed to do that, like, maybe once every 30 seconds. And if you don't see anything happening, it's more important just to keep the rhythm going. So... They didn't know. even talk about chest compressions. Nope. It was all just... It was all about the mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. All about the mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. And Ethan Kraft is supposed to give Lizzie mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. And she calls it a kiss. So that's, like, problem number one. I know. Coach Dot Marie Jones. Get health class <laughs> under control. And then Ethan, like, squeezes Lizzie's nose, doesn't really know where to go from there, and he gets swapped out for the one, the only, Larry Tudgman, and Lizzie is not happy. I'm so confused. Ethan has fluctuated so much between the smartest person in the room and the dumbest person in the room, and it's like, which... It's like, pick a lane. Pick a lane, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like he he's like this is the fifteenth time we've we've gone over this. Like it shouldn't have gotten to that point. <laughs> no, but he's out. Larry's in. He go and Lizzie tries to get out of it. Coach Dot Marie Jones is like, nope. And then we get this really like uncomfortable 
sound effect, one would say. Yeah, I guess. Larry's like, yay, finally my firefighting training, firefighter training course is going to pay off. So he apparently already knows CPR. But it just sounds like he is full macking on Lizzie McGuire in front of everyone. Yeah. So. And we are led to, le- and we are left to just kind of fill in the blank. And it's very cringy. <laughs> yeah, this is uncomfortable. This made me feel uncomfy. I would agree. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why you would get a CPR doll. Yes. Don't want to do this on people. Yeah. Cut to theme song. Then after the theme song, we are still at school. Lizzie is, you know, washing her mouth out, needing mints, traumatized from the horror that was Larry's lips on hers. And Miranda is like, it's fine. It's not like you kiss judgment. And like, I don't, it was CPR. Like, why are we talking about kissing? Because they're in they're in middle school. I, I, you know? I mean, I guess I that that's exactly why. Yeah. And then some random extra just comes up and is like, Lizzie, I heard you kissed Larry. Ooh. The rumor has started. Drama, drama, drama. So much drama. <laughs> <laughs> and then this leads into a classic. Lizzie and Miranda rant about how nothing they learn at school actually applies in the real world. This, however, is foreshadowing. Well, this was already not true before she had to save somebody's life because CPR and the Heimlich are actually very useful skills. It's just you never know when you're going to need them. Also, I feel like, you know, the Heimlich was like the big pivotal moment of the episode, but we just kind of get this casual line about how they also happen to learn the Heimlich. Yeah, I think that the beginning would have been more effective if maybe the Heimlich was shown. Maybe we didn't have to have this weird... But then we wouldn't have had the forced sexual harassment. We wouldn't have gotten that, <laughs> that cheap laugh. What a shame. <laughs> what a shame. Yeah. And then Gordo shows up. And I think we're going to play the clip. Yeah, we're going to play the clip starting now. It's official. We're the only three kids in this school who haven't seen Vesuvius, the eruption. Duh, because it's rated R. Besides, Gordo, since when do you care what other people do? I don't. I just want to see the movie. An entire ancient city destroyed by lava. And And Ben Affleck in a doomed love affair. I know, you're right. It's like the best movie ever made. Why does it have to be rated R? Because of adult situations, mild violence, and brief nudity. This is so unfair. I mean, if I can handle mouth-to-mouth with Larry Tudgman... I think I can handle Vesuvius the eruption. You lock lips with Larry Tudgman? Health class, it was required. Nothing good ever happens in health class. The movies they show us give us nightmares. I cannot believe they make us watch a woman smoke through her throat, but I can't see Vesuvius the eruption. You know what? You're absolutely right. I say we go see it. I'm free Saturday afternoon. Coolie, I'm in too. Great, so we're going to go see an R-rated movie. It's about time. I'm totally mature enough to see an R-rated movie. Absolutely. Great, so let's do it. We'll just go. Great, so uh, whose parents are going to take us? Who are we kidding? We're doomed. I just want to say that I really love the delivery of Vesuvius. Pause. The eruption. Well, it has a colon. That's how you have to punctuate it. And the fact that it continues to go by full title for this entire scene. <laughs> That's so it won't be confused with Vesuvius before the eruption. <laughs> Just, you think there was a prequel? 
Yeah. Just Vesuvius. Yeah, then it was just Vesuvius Mountain. And then I was like, oh, man, <laughs> Vesuvius, the eruption. You're like, oh, man, I didn't even know that was a volcano. Yeah, so there is a lot to unpack in that clip we just watched. First and foremost, all of the situations that Gordo called out for why it's rated R are not rated R reasons. Yeah, those are PG-13 reasons at best. And Pompeii, starring Kit Harrington, was rated PG-13, and that's kind of what I'm going off of here. Yes, second of all, I agree with Lizzie. If she has to watch horrible health movies, and if she is forced to kiss... Larry Tudgman, then yes, she is absolutely mature enough to see Vesuvius, the eruption. That's true. Health class movies could get pretty graphic. Yeah, and really dark. Really dark. Really dark. Yeah. (laughs) There was one movie we had to watch in health class about like a gymnast who just developed an eating disorder. Oh, I had to watch that one too. That was a rough one. But yeah, Gordo decides they should go see it. And Lizzie says, coolie, and I don't like that. I love it. I'm going to say coolie. Every day. Then I'm outie. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like that? Um, I think it's interesting here that Gordo proposes the rule breaking. He needs to broaden his film repertoire. Yeah, I mean, I guess if anyone's going to try to do whatever they can to see a movie, it's going to be Gordo. Yeah, although for someone who's like so into counterculture, you'd think that he'd be against anything that Ben Affleck did in the early 2000s. I know. Who is Gordo? Still figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. I would be remiss to not point out the wonderful teacher who waves directly (laughs) at the camera during this scene. I couldn't tell because obviously he's like trying to be like a good background person. So I think he's maybe trying to come off like he's waving to somebody behind the camera, like another student. But it just looks like he's looking directly into the camera and waving. (laughs) It's really funny. You should see it. You should check it out if you haven't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Just rewatch watch the hallway scene and watch the teacher in the background and you'll see him wave directly at you. It's really <laughs> a blink and you'll miss it moment. It really is. So then we segue from the hallway into the classroom and they're still talking about how are they going to get into this movie? There's no way that Lizzie's parents are going to let her see an R-rated movie. And I feel like they think that... like. They don't think that PG-13 movies even exist, right? Like, they think it's either, like, child talking animal animation movies or rated R. Like, there was a time when PG-13 didn't exist, but I feel very confident that PG-13 existed by 2001. Yeah, I would say so. Because, like, Jaws was a PG movie, but I feel like maybe Jaws would be PG-13 now. Especially considering all the stories you hear about, like, how many kids had nightmares after seeing Jaws in 1975 or whatever. In 1984, the MPAA. The Motion Picture Association of America. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Introduced PG-13. Okay, so PG-13 definitely exists at this time. Yes, there are movies for your demographic, Lizzie and Gordo. Although they're 12, so... (laughs) (laughs) But they are right on right on the cusp. Like, they're in seventh grade. They're turning 13. Yeah. It's not going to be talking dogs forever. <laughs> there is a whole, there is a whole category for you. Well, yes, there is. Um, and some great movies during that time. Early 2000s rom-coms. 10 Things I Hate About You. I don't know if Gordo will want to see that movie. 
a movie with a female protagonist. I don't know if Gordo will, will go for it. You know, I was about to stand up for Gordo, but I have no defense. You might be right. Anyways, uh, so they decide they're going to go see the movie, and the best way to convince their parents is through, like, a verbal essay. A well-reasoned argument. Yes. (laughs) Yes, Because that always works. Yeah, so we get this, I guess, montage, if you will, or just, like, a bunch of rapid jump cuts between Lizzie Gordo and Miranda explaining to their parents why they should see Vesuvius pause the eruption. And it starts out very intellectual, right? Like they're talking about how it mirrors our own society and like socioeconomic situations. And it's a very intelligent argument. And then it like starts to devolve into and everyone else is seeing it. And I really, really want to see it. Can I go see it? It's weird to me that they would also show Gordo and Miranda doing this. Like, it almost feels to me like it would make more sense if Gordo and Miranda's parents were just okay with it and only Lizzie's parents really had the issue. Because then later, well, I'm going to skip ahead because obviously it's something we'll cover. Later on, after they're on the news, they're like, oh my God, we have to stop our parents from watching the six o'clock news. But they only go over to Lizzie's house. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they don't go over to Gordo's house or Miranda's house to stop their parents. And we never actually see their parents. No. Yeah, really, they all should have split and dealt with their own Individual parents, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they did not. No, they did not. Plot hole. Oh, my God, a plot hole. Well, you know what that means. It means it's time for... So, yeah, they want to see the movie. Their parents all say no. And then we cut to the McGuire kitchen where... Lizzie's parents are telling her that she is too young to see an R-rated movie. And then that case doesn't really get close. Like, I feel like the Matt stuff kind of jumps in very randomly here. He kind of just, like, interjects himself. Just like, like, gotta just fit like Matt. The, you know? <laughs> gotta fit the B story in. I mean, yeah, Matt has a very important uh, class carnival. I really like my notes for this section, so I might just read them. Okay, honestly. sure. <laughs> what do your notes say? <laughs> Matt comes in and he is volunteering his parents to build a booth for the school carnival. And he's informing Sam and Joe of this decision. And Sam and Joe are not into this at first. I think that's fair to say. I also think it's fair to say that Sam and Joe are among the most do-nothing parents in television. Right up there with um, Jenna Fisher and... God, what was his name? And splitting up together. Oh, um, Oliver Hudson? Yes. Same same level. <laughs> what do they do? Still figuring it out. They don't even want to... They don't work. They don't want to help their kids. They just do nothing. They just do nothing. So, yes, yeah, Sam and Joe are not into building a booth until, until Matt brings up Joe's mom rival, Jeff Thompson's mom, whose cookies always come in first place at the bake sale. You see this fire in Joe's eyes. Yeah, Joe's invested now. And she's like, let's build a booth. And Matt has an idea. He's already been brainstorming this a little bit, and he wants Sam McGuire to shoot apples off of other people's (laughs) heads. He wants Sam McGuire to murder his (laughs) classmate. And Sam McGuire is into it. He's like very William Tell. Historical. I like it. Yeah, and Joe's like, uh, no. <laughs> and then Sam's like, yeah, no. 
<laughs> what if they're not flaming arrows? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot to specify. They were flaming arrows at first, and then Matt says, what if they're not flaming? And Sam is still into it, and Joe is still not into it. And then Joe has some sort of moment where she's distracted by Matt's cargo pants. Yes, it feels very random. It feels <laughs> like, why are, you, why are you reaching for your child's pants? <laughs> like ripping up the pocket. I wrote, random, question mark, but inspiring. What if they build, dot, 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 a Velcro wall? Yeah, like a Japanese game show. Do you ever watch any Japanese game shows? It's a thing. They outline, they tape a, uh, the figure of a body to the wall, and you have to jump and Velcro yourself into the shape that's on the wall, and the person who does it best wins. I have never seen that. Game shows in Japan are great. I love Japanese game shows. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, they're absolutely ridiculous. There was a show on ABC really briefly called I Survived a Japanese Game Show, and they sent oh. like 10 Americans over to Japan to compete yeah. in these random Japanese game shows, and it was the best, and it only lasted, I think, two seasons. It was really sad. There was also an amazing race challenge a, like a detour oh, yeah. inspired by Japanese game shows when they were in Tokyo. Yeah, so when they said the Velcro wall, that's all I could think of. And I thought they would do that, but it turns out, you know, in Joe and Matt and Sam's Velcro wall, you just jump and stick to the wall. Stick to the wall. There's no... There's no challenge. Uh, there's no goal, really. It's just stick to the wall. Eh, sounds fun. <laughs> and Matt's into it. My favorite part was the end of this clip. Yeah, I was where, just going to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, go for it. Where Matt goes, Mom, you rock. And Joe is like, it's true. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyways, then we cut back to school. and <laughs> This might be one of my favorite moments in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it so much weirder on the, on the back end of the previous episode. Like literally the one episode before. Where Lizzie is nervous, you know, about sneaking into the movie theater. She's like, my parents don't want me to do that. Maybe we should go mini golfing. And Miranda reacts as if that is like just the worst idea in the world. Mini golf? Is that the dorkiest thing you can think of? But it was cool in the last episode when cool. Ethan Craft was doing one it. episode ago, it was all any of them wanted to do or be at or, or commentate. Yeah, but just to watch Ethan. Yeah. And it turns out that Lizzie is really good at mini golf. Why wasn't she competing? Okay, I didn't really understand this. So Lizzie says that Miranda's jealous because in fourth grade, Lizzie set the course record for the windmill. What is, is the, well, the windmill can only be one hole, correct? So wouldn't the record just be one? Does that mean Lizzie's the only person who ever got a hole in the history of the course who's ever gotten a hole in one? At the windmill? Maybe. What does that even mean? Like, how else would you set a record? Maybe the whole course was called the windmill. You think maybe the whole course was the windmill, and she set a course record? So she definitely should have been competing. I know. In that tournament. <laughs> Which just makes me more upset at the blatant sexism that was displayed by who was mini-golfing in the last episode. It makes no sense. No it makes sense. absolutely no sense. Lizzie um, McGuire should have mini golfed her little heart out, and she should have beat Ethan Kraft. And she—that's the like, story I want. It sounds like she would have. Sounds like it. Course yeah. champion. Course record. Course record. Yeah, girl, that's the content. 
<laughs> that is the content. But then behind them, they overhear Larry talking about uh, how Vesuvius is better than Star Wars. I mean, dang. I, I know. That's high praise. And now Gordo has a plan. Yeah, the plan is just lie to their parents. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Which course. is a bad idea. I mean, every time that Lizzie has tried to tell her parents a lie, it has totally backfired. Um, you think six episodes ago to the bra moment. Like, I'm surprised she didn't just blurt it out right there. She's like, I want to see a rated R movie. I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that would that would track. I guess this is growth. It's more like Lizzie McGuire failing up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the lie is mini golf. So Lizzie helps. Yes. And Gordo says to not think of it as lying, but think of it as making a last minute change of plans in advance. Yeah. They're going to go to mini golf and then just make a quick swerve <laughs> to the left into the movie theater. Um, and Lizzie's really nervous. Um, she goes up to Joe. She's like, Mom, can I go mini golfing this weekend with Joe? Or sorry, with Gordo and Miranda. And to her surprise, Joe is like, okay. Lizzie nailed it. Yep, she did her job. Boom, success. <laughs> yep. And then we cut to the movie theater, and we started to talk about this a little bit in terms of what is the plan to get the tickets and how there seems to be only one movie playing at this theater. So they decide that they are going to go up individually. That way they have three shots to succeed. And these are all very poor shots. They approach the box office <laughs> attendant named Hickox. <laughs> I don't know. They come up with various excuses like, is it Gordo who says that his fiance and her friend are waiting in the car? Yes. <laughs> Gordo, who is four <laughs> feet tall, has not hit puberty yet. And his fiance. And his fiance. Somebody says something about a long day at the office, um, could really use a break. Honestly, it's Lizzie who gets the furthest. It sounds like the that Hickox is almost gonna give her a ticket until he tells Lizzie that it's gonna be seven fifty per ticket. A steal, honestly, considering movies now are like twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, twenty dollars. And she is like, seven fifty? Isn't there some sort of under 14 discount. <laughs> she really played herself there. You played yourself. Like you were there, girl. You had it. You had <sighs> it right there and you just, you messed up. Remember going to the movies? I do remember going <sighs> to the movies. AMC Stubbs A-list. I know. And Movie Pass before that. Movie Pass before that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, long live Movie Pass before they just trashed it. We used to see so many movies until the virus. What was the last movie we saw? Was it The Photograph? After we saw The Photograph, I saw Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, a movie that you did not want to see because no. <laughs> it was all men. And Michelle Dockery. And Michelle Dockery. <laughs> That's correct, yeah. Uh, you did not want to see that movie. It was, it was, it was all right. It was, uh, it was an all right movie. If the male to female ratio in a film is all men and one woman, I'm out. It's already a hard pass. I don't care. It could be the best movie in the world. Okay, but you'll watch Lord of the Rings with me, right? <laughs> I have avoided watching Lord of the Rings with you for seven and a half years, and I intend to keep that streak going. I, I understand that every member of the fellowship is a man, but you'll watch Lord <laughs> of the Rings with me, right? <laughs> Ugh. 
Ask me again at year 10. We'll see. Ugh. So, yes, three out of three failure for obtaining the tickets. But Gordo has a new plan. And this plan is to sneak in instead, which is just straight up, you know, steal, sneak into a movie, do not even buy a ticket for a different movie if there even was a different movie to be had, which I guess we're assuming there's not. Yeah, not unsurprisingly, the doors are locked. But honestly, what was surprising to me was that the doors even had a handle. Like every movie theater that I've seen, like the door leading to the outside has no handle. Yeah, it's a one way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you can only come out. Mm-hmm. You have to have somebody, you have to have someone in the theater to actually open the door to let you in. Yes. Which I feel like Gordo as a movie buff should really know this. I know, 101. So again, the clear option here is to buy a ticket to another movie and then sneak into Vesuvius the eruption, which is only something you can do in 2001. You can't do that anymore because now there's assigned seats. True, but you could in 2001. Yeah, you could just sit wherever you want. Wherever you want. Such freedom. You could lie across all the seats. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't recommend that now, coronavirus, but you could lie across the seats. We get a line from Miranda... Um, Miranda says, eh, it's fine. We'll, we will just buy a ton of concessions. That's how movie theaters make all of their money anyways. And I mean, that is true. That is actually true. Um, most of the revenue from a movie theater comes from concessions because it's way overpriced. Like, (laughs) and because $5 for a bag of M&Ms, that's robbery. And because something like 90% of the ticket sale goes to the studio. Yeah, the studio has to make money somehow. So, yeah, so movie theaters don't make money on the actual ticket sales. They eventually decide what's the best plan of action. Let's walk backwards into the movie theater while everybody else is walking out. Not conspicuous at all. And they're also like loudly talking about the movie as if they had seen it they're like vesuvius did you see that eruption like (laughs) not at all subtle wasn't ben affleck so dreamy yeah and this scene made no sense because they walk maybe five steps and they're like okay we did it we're in okay we're in we got it go hide in the bathroom except well wait sorry you have to cut back to the b story first this b story really got no love um, but it had this <laughs> this one scene in the middle. Yeah, it was like a two-second scene. I only have one note for it. That's why I almost forgot it happened. But Matt has his Velcro suit on, and he's stuck on the couch. Yeah, he's, he's literally stuck to the chair. And that is the whole scene. The whole scene. Over. <laughs> Back to the movie theater. <laughs> Back to the movie theater, yeah. Um, so now, as Miranda said, they need to buy a bunch of concessions, and so <laughs> Lizzie's buying the entire counter's worth of candy and popcorn. Yes, and the... Um, and I think it comes to like $17, and she's like, oh my God, look how much I got. Like, can you imagine getting that much food for $17? Like, $17 is literally like a soda and a popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> she was getting some malt balls. She was getting some sour gummies. Yeah, she, she was, was getting a bunch of stuff. She was getting the whole thing. Yeah, she collects all of her, all of her snacks, Gordo is going on about how he is a man today because, you know, R-rated movies and thievery makes a man out of Gordo. Yeah, he's popped his movie, Cherry. His R-rated movie. His R-rated movie, Cherry. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Uh. Um, and then, oh no, somebody starts choking. <laughs> and nobody reacts. <laughs> his friend is so helpless. He's like, 
buddy, are you choking? Wait, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, and then finally he's like, oh my God, you are choking. Somebody help. My friend is choking. Yeah, his name is Jeremy. He does say Jeremy is choking. <laughs> and apparently Gordo, Lizzie, and Miranda are the only people around. Yeah, where is everyone? The employees behind the counter don't care. Apparently, Lizzie is the only one who actually absorbed the CPR training. Yeah, because they're because Gordo and Miranda are both like, Lizzie, go do it. <laughs> yeah. At first, they're like, somebody do something. Somebody help. Like, they're the only people who are concerned about this besides Jeremy's friend. And then Lizzie runs over without even thinking or second-guessing herself. A girl who notoriously overthinks, might I add. Just one thing. According to the American Heart Association, you have to ask the person first if they are choking and may I help you. I did not see Lizzie do that. Yes. She did not <laughs> follow. She did not follow the, AH, the AHA guidelines. She did not ask if he was choking and may I help you. You know, she just, she just went up she there. She just wrapped just, her arms around him. Honestly, this is a challenge for her because that guy was a big guy and Lizzie is a child with, with small arms. Yeah. So the fact that she implemented the Heimlich correctly enough to save this man's life was very commendable. But always ask for consent. That is true. But Lizzie swoops Because what if he in. was not choking? What if he was just playing a joke on his friend? Not a great joke to play on your friend. But that would what be if a terrible was? joke. <laughs> Please never joke that you're choking. But what if he was? And then you get hugged by a 12-year-old girl. Anyways, Lizzie is... Saving the, saves this man, correctly implements the Heimlich, and he, Jeremy was choking on a sour ball that flies out of his mouth, perfect arc into Miranda's soda cup. Shades of Sam McGuire throwing keys across a lake. I know, really good aim. Everyone on this show. <laughs> Everyone has perfect aim. Yeah, right into Miranda's drink, and Miranda decides... I'm going to give this to Gordo to drink now. And Gordo just chugs it. <laughs> I missed that, really? <laughs> yeah, she gives the drink to Gordo and Gordo just drinks it. The uh, show loves those those sort of gag moments. It, yeah, it's it's the show's bread and butter. But um, yeah, this is such rationalism now because Gordo's like, see, if we hadn't done this, you wouldn't have been able to save this man's life. That man would have died if we did (laughs) lie to our parents. Yeah, in quite the butterfly effect moment. It's like, if we hadn't been here at this time right now, this man would have perished. And Lizzie's like, wow, something I learned in school actually paid off. (laughs) Who knew that the things we learn in school can actually be useful? Yeah, and then we cut to... Lizzie being interviewed by local news as a hero and Gordo and Miranda having no chill on camera. It's like they immediately become (laughs) four-year-olds. They're like sticking their tongues out. They're like pulling their, like on their ears. Like what is happening? I don't know. It's like, do they, I don't know what they expect to happen and why the newscaster is not like, yo, you children who actually did nothing, please leave. (laughs) I know, really ruining her shot. I know. And they're going to be on the 6 o'clock news, but then it hits them. They're going to be on TV. They're going to be on TV. Oh, my God, they're going to get caught in their lie. Oh, no. They have to get back to their parents, meaning Lizzie's parents, right away. Stop them. To stop them from watching the news. 
And Lindsay's like, this is so unfair. I saved a guy's life and I'm going to get in trouble for it. Yep, that that's correct. And they don't really even stand a chance because it immediately cuts to uh, Lizzie's house and Joe is getting a phone call from the movie theater and they now have a bunch of, uh, was it free tickets, something? Some sort of reward, I guess, for, you know, <laughs> saving the movie theater from a ton of liability. Also, this just occurred to me now, but wouldn't the news station need to get consent they probably would, actually, because Lizzie would need to sign a release form. She's um, a minor. And she's a minor, so then her parent would need to sign the release form. So likely, yes. But anyways, getting in the weeds. And at first, Joe is like, Lizzie's a hero. And then Sam is like, wait a second. Did you say the Wilco Theater? Isn't that where Vesuvius, the eruption, is playing? Lizzie might be a hero. But she's a lying hero. <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Given away by the movie theater. Like, just sold out like that. Thanks a lot, you mogul. <laughs> Truly. We might need to retire that clip. <laughs> I, I can't retire the clip. I know, that, I know that there's been some problematic J.K. Rowling things happening in the past. Forever? Forever. <laughs> I was gonna I was like I was thinking like the past week but then I was like yeah I guess forever <laughs> um but I just can't I can't retire this clip I love this clip too much Lizzie and Gordo and Miranda are back at Lizzie's house and they are going to try to stop her parents from watching the news and they've come up with no cover story. No, none at all. <laughs> they have no plan. And it's like they're this. trying to play her parents, but they don't even have a plan. And like her parents are playing them so much better, so skillfully. I know. Um, it's almost, it's, it's quite masterful. It really is. So I think Joe starts out by asking them who won mini golf, at which point each of them says a different name that's the most basic thing to figure out <laughs> who won mini golf and it should be lizzie right <laughs> the course record holder no yes the answer should be lizzie and then at, at some point they decide that they're gonna go play mini golf again lizzie's like okay let's go we can go right now <laughs> they're gonna go right now it might be raining later though so they need to turn on the news to check the weather because in 2001 that's the only way you can check the weather I thought they had dial-up. Couldn't they <laughs> Couldn't they turn off the phone and check the internet? I don't know. Did, did AccuWeather or the weatherchannel.com exist in 2001? Uh, pff, I have no idea. Me either. And I don't even care enough to look it up. Maybe it was just an email blast that you would get once per day. So they're You'd checking like, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways... Um, they come up with a ton of stories. It's like they just dig themselves deeper and deeper into a hole. At one point, Lizzie says that uh, they can't watch the news because then Gordo will get spoiled on the race because apparently Gordo's a big NASCAR fan. NASCAR, Formula One, Formula Two. <laughs> this is where Formula Two is not <laughs> a real thing. So that's when you know. I didn't even know Formula One was a real thing. Formula One, real thing. Formula Two, no, not a thing. Yeah, so Gordo is a bad liar. Lizzie's a bad liar. They are all bad liars, and they need to deflect quickly. And what can Lizzie do except pick up a lamp and just throw it on the ground? Do it on the ground. <laughs> and not just any lamp. 
Sam McGuire's favorite gnome lamp. We have the recurring gnome motif. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. Um, <laughs> like, what is this going to do but dig a deeper hole? And Lizzie tries to play it off like, oh, I'm so clumsy. I mean, she is. Um, but yeah, that doesn't work. Uh, Joe is adamant that they must watch the news to find out if it's going to rain. Miranda says she knows it's not going to rain because her big toe always hurts when it rains. And right now it feels great. Yeah, right now it's it's so good. It's so content. And then it's pretty much, that's it. Then we get the final dagger to the heart, twist in the chest. Joe McGuire turns the tables and says, actually, I want to go see a movie. I think I want to go see Vesuvius. The eruption. The eruption. <laughs> and at that point, Lizzie's like, do you think they know? And then Joe is like, oh, yeah, Lizzie, we know. Dun, dun, dun. Except it's not very dramatic. It then just cuts to the three-way phone call, and they're not even grounded enough to have their phones taken away. Gordo's parents are disappointed in him. Miranda says she's grounded for a week. Gordo, two weeks and a 10-page paper on responsibility. Lizzie, a week, and she has to help out at the carnival, which we never get to see. I know, but we do get to see the Velcro wall in action. Yeah, the last scene is the Velcro wall, so... And it works. It does. Matt uh, launches himself and sticks to the wall. Great job. Lizzie wants to try. Yes, and then Lizzie runs. Well, Sam goes behind the wall to, what, make an adjustment? Make Unclear. sure it's secure? We don't really know why he goes back there. He get He goes back there to get crushed to get crushed <laughs> because lizzie runs and jumps and then the wall falls on top of sam and that is the end of episode 118 rated arg sam mcguire getting crushed by a velcro wall <laughs> ha, ha 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 how fun i think for me in terms of episodes it's a very like middle of the pack yeah i would agree with that um it has some good moments just don't think too too much about it before we move on we have a question Yes, we have Kelsey's question. Oh, Kelsey's question is, have either of you been on the news before? If yes, for what? Sam, have you ever been on the news? I have been on the news, but it was uh, because I was taking a group of Ricky Martin super fans around, and unbeknownst to them, they were going to actually meet <laughs> Ricky Martin. So I was the tour guide taking them around, and then they all screamed in my face as they met Ricky Martin, who emerged from behind me. Yes, and you're in scene with the one and only Hoda Kotb. I, I, I am. It's me, Hoda, Ricky Martin, and screaming <laughs> fans. What a day for me. My big break for sure. Totally. Marissa, have you ever been on the news? Yes, I have been on the news. National news. It had very little to do with me Everything to do with Mike Tyson and Bradley Cooper. To make a long story short, my freshman year of college, I got to go backstage to meet Bradley Cooper when he was starring in The Elephant Man on Broadway. Mike Tyson's daughter was my roommate freshman year of college, and that was her birthday present from Mike Tyson. We met him. He was wonderful. Mike wanted to gift Bradley one of his world championship belts. It was like a whole thing. Me, my roommate, and a bunch of our friends took a group photo with Bradley Cooper. Great photo, I must say. 
Um, he was really fun and nice. And my memory of meeting him was him holding out his hand and he it sh- individually shook every one of our hands and said, hi, I'm Bradley, as if we did not know that he was Bradley Cooper. And to which I replied, hi, I'm Marissa. So nice to meet you. And it was really nice. It was a good interaction. But little did we know this group photograph that we took with Bradley Cooper would end up on live with Kelly and Michael, Kelly Rippa and Michael Strahan, when Mike Tyson made an appearance on their show. So that is how my face ended up on national news. Wow, look at us both on the news at one point. We're such big stars. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Does it make you sad to know that Bradley Cooper could no longer shake your hand? It would have to be an elbow bump. That is sad. (laughs) No more handshakes. Get that out of here. I don't think we'll ever shake hands again. Think of the past. Do you think our kids are going to be like, you used to touch people's strangers' hands? Yeah, it's a little weird when you think about it, when you get like real deep into it. Yeah, handshakes are weird. Yeah. Good riddance to handshakes. Yeah, we're done. We got through. Because always people are judging you on your handshake. They're like, oh, you oh have this a person. Firm handshake. This person was floppy. It was a, what a <laughs> dead fish handshake. <laughs> Whereas, like, you can't really judge someone's elbow. It's not like people have softer, harder elbows, you know? It's just an elbow bump. Just an elbow bump. Anyways. Time to talk about the outfits. I know. It's been so long since we've microanalyzed an outfit. And there aren't a whole lot of outfits to talk about today, but... Nothing really memorable, I must say. Nothing super memorable. I mean, just your usual, like, clashing <laughs> um, pattern-on-pattern issue. Are they in the same outfits the entire... It's all one day, right? No, the movie takes place over the weekend. Oh, yeah. But yeah, let's talk about in the beginning. So (laughs) Lizzie continues to dress sort of like a kaleidoscope. A kaleidoscope is exactly how I would describe her pants. (laughs) Good job. Thank you. Balanced with a red shirt with some sort of pattern on it. I'm not really sure what that's supposed to be. It's a fleur-de-lis. Oh, a fleur-de-lis. You like to play that idol? <laughs> uh, I don't know who's going to know. Is Lizzie's shirt an idol? I don't know who's going to know that. Re- yeah, she's just going to take it <laughs> off one day. I'd like to play this. Deep um, cut, sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah, balanced out by a red shirt with a fleur-de-lis on it and a green sweatshirt unzipped. See some bangles on that wrist. Her hair is very underwhelming. It's just, you know, straight and plain and nothing... Nothing crazy going on there. We have Matt's cargo pants. We've talked about that already. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can't talk about this episode without talking about uh, Matt's cargo pants. All right. So then they're trying to break into the movie and Lizzie, bandana is back. Bandana is back. She's wearing a, what appears to be a leather jacket. So I guess the veganism did not last. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. I like her purse. It looks like a sack, like the sack, like the brand. It's like a striped, knitted, or crocheted bag. Gordo looks like himself, and Miranda looks like herself also. Nothing crazy. That's really it. I I mean, I think we have to talk about the Velcro suit. Oh, you want to talk about the Velcro suit? Yeah. All right, we can talk about the Velcro suit. I mean, it's just a Velcro suit. You're just your classic Velcro suit, although where Joe McGuire got, like, did she make this Velcro suit, or is this a rental I don't know. There's a lot of colors. That's like the Velcro aesthetic. Velcro is so like 80s. 
It's like a tracksuit almost. Joe McGuire is lazy, so she probably rented it. <laughs> I know. Joe McGuire is like, oh, I can't believe I didn't win that bake sale. But she's so lazy, it shouldn't be surprising. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's very just like patchwork almost of colors and Velcro. That's like just, you said, very 80s. That's, that's just all. what a Velcro suit looks like. And I think that's about it, right? Nothing, I mean, there's nothing super memorable here. No, not really. It's not a big outfit episode. So I guess we can just finish it off with our MVPs. All right, Marissa, who is your MVP this episode? Is it my turn to go first? I think so. Okay, well, in a surprise to absolutely no one, I am naming Lizzie McGuire my MVP for this episode. She saved a life. I mean, nobody else even comes close. Boom, mic drop, done. (laughs) That's it? That's your entire explanation? Okay, so now it's my turn? Correct. Yeah, this is a tough one. There's not a whole lot uh, going on that I like. I definitely considered giving it to Dot Marie Jones, uh, my favorite uh, gym teacher slash health teacher, but the forced sexual harassment was a big no for me, so can't go to Dot Marie Jones, unfortunately. You know what? I'm going to have to agree with you. I have to give my MVP this week to Lizzie McGuire. Um, Yes, I'm cheering. I don't do it often, uh, but this week Lizzie does earn the MVP, uh, and it's for a couple reasons. Obviously, she did save someone's life with uh, the Heimlich maneuver, but also it turns out she's like a mini golf prodigy, which is nothing to sneeze at, and you can't just take that information and not reward somebody. So... You know, Lizzie McGuire, congratulations. You have earned an MVP from me this week. Woo! Yes, Lizzie McGuire, two for two, extending her lead with a rare MVP from Sam. It's still close. It's still anybody's anybody's race at this point. It's true. We are still not even a third of the way through. So, you know, it's not a runaway by any means. No. I feel like one would expect Lizzie to be further ahead than she is. Still winning. But she is still winning. That is true. Any final words? Anything else to add? Did we say it all? I think we did. I think that, uh, you know, this was, like you said, a middle-of-the-road episode. So I think that's that's it. Sometimes there's just uh, an episode that you don't have much to, to say about. And just watch it and then go to the next one. I agree. And there you have it. Episode 118, Rated ARG. It was good to be back after our recording hiatus. I hope we don't sound too rusty here. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter for updates. Ask us questions. You can tweet at us or email them at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. All right, so I have a confession. I've been really bad at uploading the pictures. <laughs> it's been about, uh, I want to say, eight, eight-ish episodes since I've actually done that. But I will be better. I will go back and I will upload all the pictures. Uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I get easily distracted. But I will upload all the pictures of the photos of the outfits that we talked about onto the website. So if you are curious, you can go see them. And that's at www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 119, Gordo and the Girl. Ooh, Gordo, look at you, you dog. 
No, <laughs> that's not how we're closing this episode. <laughs> oh, Gordo, you respectful individual. <laughs> how is Play that? Play the music. Is that better? Cut it out. <laughs> Did you like that? No. <laughs> no.